Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after.
life cannot be contained. I feel like I'm supposed to roar at the beginning of the show. Should I roar? No, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I forgot my Foley. This is the film board from the next reel on Rashpixel.fm. We spoil movies. And we all watched a movie with lots of roaring dinosaurs this week as we dip back into that cash cow slash money pit. We'll let you decide. Island that we've all explored called Isla Nubar. It's Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. The kingdom has fallen. Is it the animal kingdom? Is it a metaphor? Does it have a good beat? And can I dance to it? Who's to say? Well, these guys. These guys are here to tell us all about it. So let's introduce our hosts. Welcome to the fight, Pete Wright. The secret is out. I am my own father. <laughs> say hello, Tommy Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Triceratops for the win! (laughs) That's the sound of a baby Triceratops? Sure. Strangest roar ever. Okay, what you got, Steve Sarmento? Poor Hawaii, you know, they got volcanoes (laughs) erupting and now we've got this eruption. It's just, it's volcano season all across the world. It's it's not pretty on either coast. Volcano season. It's like tornado weather. Or no, no, earthquake weather. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not a real thing, but yeah, yeah, it's out there. These guys that you just heard, they all call me JJ, and we dropped a little Colorado Buffalo Easter egg there for those in the know. But before we get started, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash the next reel. If you sign up to support us over there, you can join us and our vibrant movie community on our Discord channel, where we're always discussing the fun foibles of frim- film frivolity. Dang. Ooh. I can get all the way through that. But And there's some deep stuff there, too. So let's talk about Jurassic 5. I'm so caught up in this. Is it Jurassic 5 or Jurassic World 2? Is it a 5 or a 2? I don't know. I'm upset. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, if you take the 5 and flip it around, then it becomes a 2. Oh, <laughs> there's some crafty design that was just they just missed it. Low-hanging yeah. fruit. <laughs> well, flip it all around for us, Steve, and tell us what your initial thoughts are. Uh, I was wondering if this actually should have been called Jurassic World Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, we've got clone nice. dinos, maybe a cloned storyline. Uh, but I have to say, it's it's tough for me to be really critical of this when some of the issues I have were also a frequent complaint against sort of the latest Star Wars trilogy where we're, it looks like we're recycling things, but not exactly. Uh, so you guys are going to have to help me out on this one because there were a lot of echoes of the prior trilogy and lots of roaring dinos and i'm i'm saw it earlier today and i'm still on the fence on this one so you guys are gonna have to help me know which way to go on this one because there are a lot of things i enjoyed but it's still some things i had a lot of issues with cool non-committal and and i'm interested to see where you sit by the end of this yeah. tommy, <laughs> tommy what did you think well if you know me you know that i love dinosaurs and i love these dinosaur movies okay. and by that i mean the first one <laughs> um, oh but also, I kind of like the first Jurassic World, I guess, number four, if we're talking about five or the first, if we're talking about two. Um, with a lot of movies, as uh, listeners to this will know, sometimes I get into a race. It's between me against the movie of how long can I suspend my disbelief until I can just sort of give myself over to the movie. And in this one, unfortunately, I won that race very quickly. Uh, I was incredibly disappointed by this movie. Yeah, um, It was so... When it gave me what I wanted, I ate it up and giggled for like twice. Other than that, it was just such, and fortunately, it was just not a good time. I thought the script was a disaster. I'm just very disappointed. Well, and there wasn't a happy baby Triceratops until like 
the last five minutes of the movie. So I, I see why that might have happened for you right. dinosaur lovers out there. Exactly. That's all <laughs> I'm connected to. Yeah. Okay, Pete, what did you think? Well, um, I went back and I listened to the last time we did a show about dinosaurs. And I I actually now recall Tommy being much more enthusiastic than he is just now. Tommy, I think sure. the movie has I was has much more enthusiastic. Faded. You're right. Yes. Uh, because I was not enthusiastic about the last movie and I actually it is aged poorly on me I actually it dropped a star a valuable star is now in play to use on some other film uh, and and as a result I actually like this movie better my ex my expectations were so low going into this movie <laughs> that it dramatically exceeded them um, did it buy a complete star over the last movie I'm not sure yet we'll see but, you know, B.D. Wong is back and I just watched Father of the Bride and I could not help but see him in this movie as, uh, you know, Pronk's uh, assistant. And and I thought that actually in my head, maybe that was the movie that was playing out. It was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with Pronk's assistant uh, <laughs> in, in the genetics lab. Maybe that was why I liked it so much. I don't know. Your turn. I'm really happy to hear that you liked it so much, Pete, because I think it was a really well-made piece of trash. Um, <laughs> I I liked nothing about this movie. Uh, they, I, wow. I, I was laughing out loud at, at ridiculousness through it. It's really, but I'm I start that with well-made because there's nothing bad about the production or you know the particular i didn't find the acting distasteful i just it, the whole concept is just it, it it's just mired in ridiculousness i mean this this franchise for me peaked in episode one you know like tommy was saying the, the totally. first movie was so special and I, it, it was such a grand thing to bring out and now what what are they doing i and we can talk about this in a little bit more detail later, but also this movie does incessant callbacks to the first movie. And so, like, Pete, when you said you seem to be a lot more interested in the last movie, that's true. But it's just I just saw a movie today that reminded me how not as special it was as the first movie over and over and over again. I don't know why you'd want to do callbacks when it's not fresh. It's just interesting. Okay. Well, and now did you guys see Lost World and then Jurassic Park 3? You guys saw those, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So which one of those two, so this is JP2 and JP3 that we're talking about, is the one where the dinos make it to the city? That's JP2. That's two. two. Yeah. So did they feel that this second second retooling of the franchise didn't didn't work for a trilogy so they wanted to make the the recall happen quicker jj i think that is a, such a great question and it i've been noodling on it all day and i can't find anybody quoted on that uh but to me that's exactly what this felt like and i found it really frustrating because i didn't like it then like i i really did and and uh, hear me out you you said i pete i'm glad you liked this movie so much only in that it was a little bit better than the one I didn't like before. So I'm not okay. bullish on this movie um, okay. in, in a lot it. of ways. Love this movie. Look, <laughs> love this movie. Tommy. <laughs> Look, it's your favorite I, movie. I get this it. is I'm what I think. Uh, I, I, this is this is the thing that I think is so interesting about this because all I've I've heard is that uh, Trevorrow has has said uh, that it is the third movie in Jurassic World 
that is, you'll note, not yet made. That is the movie he's wanted to make from the beginning. And when he learned he got the gig to do Jurassic World, he immediately realized he was going to be playing the long game to find a way to create two successful Jurassic World movies that would allow him to make the movie he's always wanted to make, number three, and that he'd have to earn it and keep people's attention and keep them in the seats. And and yeah. speaking of the box office, he's done that. He's already yeah. working. He's signed. They're sealed, delivered. They're ready to go on this next movie. Great. Uh, right. Great for and him. St- I, we, they, this opened uh, globally uh, in foreign markets before it came here. And yes. I think it's already up to like $425 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, stunning. I mean, internationally, it's, it's stunning. So you can get a hundred live dinosaurs for that kind of money, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I think that's really interesting. And the other parallel that I do feel like for we need to bring up is the parallel between the now the Jurassic World series and the Planet of the Apes. Right? Uh, we get right. this the whole war for the Planet of the Apes. Like the apes are and the dinosaurs are going to be carrying guns and riding horses in a little bit. Yeah. And, exactly, and I'm I am worried uh, just a little bit about that. So, well, that's anyway. interesting, you know. And I think we talk, the reason why I brought up the whole JP two and JP three is that you know Tommy said that there's incessant callbacks to the first movie. I feel like, and I didn't see those movies all the way through because I don't I don't super care about the franchise. I, I understand its significance, but there seemed to be specific. I feel like there were specific shots that were more than more than callbacks to the time when you're getting the dinos on the boat. I mean, there were dock shots mm-hmm. that were almost yeah. exactly like what you saw in either JP2 or JP3. And I, again, I didn't see all those, but there were. it was memorable enough to me to see that this movie seemed like a carbon copy of those. Can I, can I ask mm-hmm. a question, speaking of callbacks? Because I, yeah. you're abs- all of you are absolutely right. There are lots of callbacks. But then there is one that I, they played as if it was a callback, and I don't think it is. That is, of course, the story of James Cromwell playing Ben Lockwood. He's not. The thing, right? The Lockwoods haven't been brought up before. I no, don't this is the whole. This is the retcon issue of we need an we need another old man in a bed, just like right. we had in Lost World. With so another we need to go in Amber. Yeah, we need to go right. retcon this whole like partner that you know existed that has never been mentioned before. Never been. And he who who also team. happens to have like a henchman who's also going to do something secretive on the side to sell dinosaurs for lots of money, and it's like. Dude, Mr. Lockwood, didn't you see what happened to Hammond? You got to rein this guy in. You saw this happen before. It's it's way was to me that was way too much. Hey, Mr. Lockwood, you know what's not that important is your cane. You know what is important? Your cell phone. So don't keep that on the other side of the world while someone slowly walks at you with a pillow in a house filled with people. You, you'll never need that cane. That's right. What is no. he doing with the cane riding around in a wheelchair? Why does he have I, that yeah. as predominant like affectation? It is bizarre. It is almost yeah. as crazy as uh, uh, Daniela Pineda uh, playing Zia Rodriguez, the dinosaur <laughs> veterinarian who, yeah. at the start of this movie, had never, never seen a dinosaur. Ever. <laughs> Even though they've been. <laughs> that's like, I, well, that's like getting a literature degree and you can't read like what, right it's exactly point? what it's like and That's why exactly. would they bring her along why would trip? she aspire to be a glorified like a uh, call center agent okay yeah. let me just say <laughs> this is the thing that i did like uh, bryce dallas howard's character i feel like she is an improvement in this movie over the last a she's uh, low-hanging fruit she's not in the high heels great uh b I- 
Uh, yeah. I, I think that her turn uh, to being this sort of dino activist actually gives her character a little bit more weight in the movie and, than, mm-hmm. than, you know, uh, the operations flack uh, for the big company amusement park in the last movie that I didn't care for that much. So, um, so right. I thought that was an improvement. And the whole setup, being in there, trying to get meetings with senators, I thought that was a, that's a charming little way to yeah. get us back into the world. Mm-hmm. So, Pete, did you know she wasn't wearing high heels because there were at least like five shots of her boots to make sure we knew she was like inappropriate oh, yeah. footwear? No, the, her introductory hero <laughs> shot is her like uh, shining the toe of her flat, her glorious black flat <laughs> as it as the camera moves up her body. We yes. open on her shoes. Shoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. I like that. I'm fine with that. A director leaning into oh, yeah. one of the biggest complaints about something. I'm fine with that. I thought it was that. great. It's a problem. They yeah. fixed it. We're going to we're going to celebrate that. Go for the win. So now, okay, you say why did Zia never is why did she come along? Why did Franklin come along? Comic relief. Well, but I mean no no, I get that, but like in the story, <laughs> why did they bring he hated every moment of it. Yes. We had a debate about that because I questioned so she goes she goes off to go get Chris Pratt out in the wilderness or whatever, and then she meets him in the bar, and then she says, oh, you know, whatever, you know, you're on the manifest for the flight it leaves in the morning. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then she goes to the airport, and then, okay, he slept in the plane, could get there early, fine, whatever. That's humorous. But then I'm like, so where where, where, where have these other two been? Like, were they just hanging out in town? They're there they're in the plane. Why did they make that trip with her? Because I, I'm not sure where they started when they were in their little campaign, you know, headquarters, but then to fly out to the middle of nowhere and then to fly back to Costa Rica, you know, off the coast of Costa Rica, where this island is, seemed like a lot of traveling for them to have to do for no reason whatsoever. I didn't. I actually I'm surprised you guys bring that up because I didn't give that even a second thought that that they are a part of her team. One of them, they need to make sure the dinosaurs are healthy and one of them, they need to turn on the to turn on all the security systems of this old island and they needed him to plug stuff in. Yeah, I know why they need to go with her, but I didn't know why they needed to make that whole big trip. Because who, who else plane. is going to say the charming one-liner back to Chris Pratt? We are so incompatible, whatever. That was right. How yeah, else are they going to do that, Steve? I ask you. Right. Yeah, I know, because it was really important. Yeah, like so many things <laughs> in this movie. So we've been doing those Instagram stories with these movies. And uh, Andy did one, and Steve did one, I did one. And in Andy's uh, Instagram story, he, uh, he mentioned that he's probably not going to take his kids to this one because mm. he found the movie... Uh, extremely scary. Um, I did too. As much as I laughed as they were setting me up for scares that I was prepared for, I got super scared. I got scared to the point where the hair on my legs was standing up. Like, why are you doing this to me? It was a bad, uh, scary uh, Halloween haunted house. Um, And there were tons of jump scares in this movie. Is that what this Are you talking about once about? they get to the mansion more? Or? It, well, sure. And then with the dinosaur, everything was a swelling score, setting us up for, you know, either a, a huge scare or something else. I mean, it's constantly it's it's a thriller, isn't it? Isn't that what this movie is? It, it's uh, well, you know, so Trevor, this is another mm. thing he said in an interview that the first Jurassic World was an action adventure movie. Jurassic World 2 is a horror suspense movie. And Jurassic mm-hmm. World 3 is going to be a science thriller more in the vein of Jurassic Park 1. And so technically, this is a horror suspense movie. Yeah. Well, that's the director they brought in for this one is uh, got his background in horror. Right. Films. Um, So that makes sense. Yeah. It did have a more, I think, ominous feel to it. Once you once you (laughs) 
once you just sort of like let's let's get through burning down the island and get to the house and then once we get to the house yeah that's where things the the tension really ratchets up but i it was like we were on a roller coaster through the first whatever half hour of just how to get the dinos off of the island and set up everything felt really really frantic frenetically paced so that we could get to the house where we start to slow things down a little bit so i i I struggled with that of i didn't feel like i had got my bearings with everything it's to me it's shortchanged a lot of the characters that's why we're discussing you know who are these two sidekicks and why are they there i didn't have enough time with them other than you know franklin screams all of the time like you know a just this high-pitched you know shrieking that uh was wearing me out early on and i didn't i didn't I wasn't invested. I didn't have time to buy into them. And then they, he disappears for a good chunk of the last half of the movie because we've got all these new people to get introduced to. I agree with the character development that there was very little for me to hang on to with the people other than the incredible uh, chemistry that Howard and Chris Pratt still have. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it isn't. Oh, it's a. It seems like an interesting and maybe not a good idea to go from aliens to alien yeah don't you always want to go in the other way you want to keep breaking it up that's what but i mean this way jurassic world number one was aliens and then the first half of this is sort of dealing a little bit with that and then it becomes very alien ish Mm -hmm. isn't that always going to be based in some sort of a takedown either of emotion or excitement or something Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know to go from so wide to so he just moved the dinosaurs into the orphanage like mm-hmm. I wasn't. Very- yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I and you guys know me. I haven't seen the aliens movies, but I I don't think it is singular. It, it isn't plural to singular in that in the first one you have Indominus Rex. So it's more of I think both the aliens and the alien in each case, and they're you know they're uh, they're hacking, they're they're biohacking the dinosaurs as they go on, and I think that maybe that leads to the the scientific thing that Trevor is talking about for the third one here. I don't know. I don't. The last thing I want to do is make apologize apologies for this movie right now uh, because I I think you know we're talking about them pulling from the old ones. We're talking about them not really doing this. But so why do we make this this movie and? If money is the answer, isn't that ironic for what they're talking about in this movie? <laughs> like, stop making uh, parks with dinosaurs and all these things because because eventually the money is going to corrupt everyone and you're going to be stupid and bring dinosaurs to a house. And we've seen four times already that we can't subdue them with light sticks in cages, but we're still going to do it and we're going to put them in a house. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting <laughs> that if the reason to make this movie is more money right because that's what we do in the entertainment business we make money through movies and then the message of this movie is stop doing bad things to make money i think there's some irony there that we need to talk about (laughs) well i don't think i i don't get the feeling that they were experiencing this movie as they were making it as quite as meta as as you're describing it (laughs) i think that uh you know i that's one thing that i actually found i i appreciate the dinosaurs in the house i i like the idea that uh, this movie is gonna is going to use this giant tableau of dinosaurs is larger than life. You, I mean, how do you possibly contain such raw power? And we're going to apply this metaphor uh, to the seedy underworld of you know back alley corporate 
you know, finance and corporate, you know, this is a takedown of corporations and and what and and the cr- criminality that is at the root of, you know, corporations that have the kind of money to invest in dino weaponry. Right. I mean, that that's what this movie is, is that's what the whole sort of third act of this movie is all about. And they do the runway show. And it's it, it's I, I thought it was it, it was actually like accessible by the dumb waiter. Right. A dumb waiter that goes into a secret lair for a oh. dino fashion show. I, I love I, I, more than that, Tommy. I love the uh, the the like um, uh, sort of Kafka esque like giant uh, train yard throw switch that turns the thing on and off. So right. great! That, that guy has the coolest job the ever. Job. Like, and now it's time for number four. Go, Why go, would you go. ever do it that way? Right, right. What? It's just it, you do it that way because of the hero shots. You know, the backlit shots. I of get the cages. it. And and so uh, you know, I totally get the intention behind it. You know, all of the pieces. I get the intention behind it. And and then, you know, and this is a problem I had with the first movie, too. The hero moments. There are so many damned hero moments in this movie. You're talking about the so first many... Jurassic World. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First when Jurassic we talk World, about the first sorry, movie. Yeah. I'm talking, talking about, about the Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Right. Sure. Got it. Uh, the hero moments, the shots of the, the crane shots, the, the cranes going up in the air, the dinosaurs curling their tails around and screaming. The I mean, there are so many of that. All the way to the point where she shows up at Lockwood's estate in the very beginning. There's a hero crane shot for the mansion that is absurd. <laughs> the music swells as she's getting out of her stinking car and walking up the stairs. It is absurd Purposeless. how much they <laughs> love their hero moments that it, it actually it, I find it desensitizes me uh, to yes. the actual hero moments that we should be experiencing later one that was exceptional exceptional possibly that you know i i liken this to the element where uh purple haired laura dern uh flies the uh freighter through the um, uh, the star destroyer remember that in, in last jedi last jedi where it all yeah. goes oh. silent and the ships yep. rip yeah. apart that is one of yeah. my even in an in a movie that was not the best. That is one of my favorite Star Wars moments. This movie has one of my very favorite Jurassic moments in really? all of the Ooh. movies, which is which as, it's the boat leaving the island and the brachiosaur standing on the pier. As oh, yeah. the lava yeah. comes down behind the smoke. it, the smoke Ugh. and it rears up. So and that is such a callback to the first movie. That's this is that animal was the first animal we saw in in Welcome right. to Jurassic Park as it rears up and now we see it as it's about to die. And I thought that was a stunningly effective callback in this movie. It, I didn't it, even make that connection. That's right. I just, I found it to be too sad, so I had to stop watching it. Yeah. But yes, that's an incredible connection. Yeah, I, I thought it was sense. really lovely. I really did. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there are things that this this movie are that are ridiculous and, and things you have to, uh, you know, for me, I had to, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I did take my son. My daughter elected not to see it. And my son was in it to win it. Loved every Ooh. single minute of it. Okay. And I think that's probably why I liked it more than you guys. Maybe mm, that sure. I saw it with an incredibly enthusiastic sold out 10 a.m. audience this morning and <laughs> they were on for the ride, man. I mean, they were they loved it. Okay. Oh, yeah, but I had I, had, I I went with my wife and my youngest daughter, and 
I mean, we we had a fairly good time. There was a, a very excited, uh, maybe he was like ten or eleven behind me, who was just very vocal throughout the movie. I mean, he's he's talking to himself or to his dad the whole time through the movie of like, oh, oh, and this is going to happen, and then oh, please let it be this. And he, <laughs> it was great to have his enthusiasm, but to me, it just couldn't. I I wanted to let that inner child out, but I, you give me Jeff Goldblum in like you know a congressional hearing, and then he's gone. Right. I mean, what what is he what is he there to say something that we've all heard before? It's it's adding no new information. He's he doesn't seem uh, his passion is gone. He's he's been arguing this since, you know, for 20 years and nobody ever listens to him. So why is this going to change this time? I it felt like his character had no investment in anything that was going on. I don't know why we needed him. I was honestly I was distracted by Toby Jones teeth for some reason. <laughs> There were so many little things that just kept pulling me out of it. I was like, I want to lose myself in this. But there were so many things to the point of the hero shots. It's like I felt like every 25 minutes there was a shot of like, a you know, here's a dino rearing up and roaring. I was like, oh, great. We did it. Now we're going to do it again. And now Blue's going to do it at the top of the house. And it's like the, the emotional weight that it's a callback to that great final moment in the first Jurassic Park. But when you do it four to five times, it just dilutes the effect of this. this. And to me, it's I'm giving the audience what they want. They want the dinos. They want that. And I appreciate that. But it's a, you know, diminishing returns each time. Because for me, the one that I wanted to care the most about was the final fight there with blue on the rooftop. And I thought, okay, this is, this is the, this is the big battle. This is the big climactic fight. This is where I should have that emotional resonance with that callback. And it's been defeated because it's been played out already. They've so many already times. done it so many times. And yeah. they, the, you know, they'd already done it so many times in the first two acts of the film, right? By the time we get to the mansion and they're doing the runway show, every mm-hmm. dinosaur gets one of those moments in a cage. <laughs> yes. It's like you are doubling, <laughs> tripling, quadrupling down on it at this point. Uh, America's next top dino. Here we any, go. Did anybody have a problem with the very opening sequence, the Mosasaurus, which, which is a, a very difficult uh, creature for me to watch, but uh, the, the fact that that the sea creature water thing yes the yeah. sea creature I, I actually it was it was I thought it was a good and thrilling opening to the movie you know in, in terms of that I thought it was really good the the problem I had with it apart from cementing me never going into the ocean while open water again I already had had that locked uh, <laughs> is that because because you jump right into like a, a submarine <laughs> yeah, right, right. you go from yeah. you go from not not uh, floating on the water to underground submarine going to get That's some right. sort of a tusk and, and it better be it. made of glass too I'd, I'd really right. like that look I feel like that opening sequence gives away the entire the entire beat of the movie right that the the dinosaurs get out and they never come back to that particular problem the fact that this giant sea creature just escaped and has a guy who just finished reading the meg uh i have a problem (laughs) with that there's a whole other storyline where that thing actually yeah that thing actually uh uh, has a it, it has its own hero story it doesn't look good for us it's chewing up surfers there at the end, right? That's It is. And you know, what business does a creature that size have eating a surfer? You guys, come know. on. No. Just totally unbelievable. He could be a fan of the sport. Well, what business does a T- T-Rex have biting a ladder hanging down from a helicopter? 
Like, I get that it makes a great movie poster, but seriously, that is not, there's, there's no reason for that in, in the rain, in the dark for a dinosaur to do that. Goodness. It was to set up the film's unfortunate thing of, I mean, it's so broad to still be doing that, but to have people just continuously go, phew, <laughs> that was a close one. Right. Thank goodness I'm not in a dinosaur's mouth. What? And because now I am. Yeah, <laughs> this film leans into that. Like five different people go that. Four different people go that way. That seems that seems like a very amateurish way to handle that kind of stuff. Yeah, pinballing, right? That's jump scares and pinballing. That's what this movie was all about. The T Rex was like the Deus Ex Machina. Like we need something. Ah, oh, we'll bring the T Rex in for it. Like we need to. Okay, set up. We need to create some tension. Have the T Rex grab the ladder. Oh, our heroes are they're in a pinch. Ah, have the T Rex show up out of nowhere to fight them. Oh, they're getting they're getting fought off. You know, they're trying to get off the island and they're in the little hamster ball. Oh, there's a bad dis- dinosaur. Have the T Rex come in and save the day. It just it's. I'm like, is the T Rex like a dog? I I can't. I'm trying to get a sense of like <laughs> its relationship to these people because it seems like it's like this loyal dinosaur that's always there to help them out, and it has stopped being this like menacing threat. It's just there to to serve He's story. The that, yeah, yeah. That we didn't end up training. Right. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. need to go. We need we get stuck in a little container. We've got to draw blood from the, from the T-Rex because it's the only predator that's three toed predator. It's been captured for the blood transfusion. I'm like, OK, but even then, it's it's it seems like they've they've shot themselves in the foot because they've had to amp everything up by fabricating these new types of genetically engineered dinosaurs that the Ugh. the big, you know, the big bad of the first one, the T-Rex, that was the menacing one. The Indominus is, Rex. Yeah, is now is now just like yeah, he's the Australian Shepherd from down the street, and sometimes he's you know friendly, and sometimes he may snarl at you, but you know he's not a major threat. I like that he's learned how to tiptoe because at the end, when Rafe Spall <laughs> is in the middle, everyone's dead, and he's just next to a car, and then all of a sudden the T Rex is like <laughs> wink, 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 yunk out of nowhere. A T Rex is not sneaking up on anyone. <laughs> He is the he is God's equivalent of tap shoes. Like you can yes. see him coming no matter where. Yeah. So well, he was actually crossbred with Krampus too, and that's why you <laughs> yeah. see him coming into the bed. Right. That's part I of the kind hybrid. Of like- oh, I I thought that sequence was terrific. I thought it was terrific. It was it was horrifying and spooky and and uh, and also interesting. I'll let you I'll let you all slam it uh, before I tell you why I think it's interesting. Okay. You, you may you may if, go if. If the new raptor can smell humans from above the roof uh, when they're in their bed, then how come he can't smell it when he's directly over them on top of a statue? Which happens literally two minutes before. Because it's because, yeah, I w- wondered why it was easier for him to, okay, the girl escapes through the dumbwaiter. And goes up. And so it's easier for him to, rather than take the stairs or anything, go outside, scale the building to get on top of the roof. And sniff its way. And sniff its way. But, yeah, if you're in a large closed room and you're just, you know, four feet beneath it, yeah, can't can't smell you. I think the key part here, too, is what, you know, what Tommy talked about in his initial thoughts is this this constant battle with running against your suspension of disbelief. And it sounds like, Pete, when you talk about that point in the movie, you were still there, right? And it might have helped with your son being along for the ride, Oh, too. yeah, he was exhilarated by it. Yeah, it, and, 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 it, and, and that's the thing. I mean... It's it, a huge it, difference. Yeah, yeah. If you difference. can 
stay in fantasy land. And I'm not saying that with a negative connotation, even though, you know, I'm saying that for the thing that we like most when we go to movies, if you can get out of yourself and get into the movie and stay yes. with it on this one, it's probably going to be fine. But this one makes it really hard. If yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think question. it makes it as I, I don't think it doesn't make it as hard for me. And that's what I find really interesting is the, the as well, you as, love this movie. So I, much. I, <laughs> I'm going to go see it one. again right now. In fact, I'm I'm yeah. at it right now. And people are really <laughs> annoyed. Look, I think this is uh, this is the interesting thing. And it goes back to Maisie. It, she is dinopomorphic. I made up a word. Yeah. Uh, yes. The <laughs> fact is that uh, Ben Lockwood uh, actually <laughs> went and. <laughs> It has to be pronounced that way. Yeah. Ben Lockwood. Ben Lockwood. Oh, of the of the Lockwood Lockwoods? Yeah, you know them. We've been talking about them since yeah. the beginning. Yeah, uh, Ben Lockwood. He uh, actually made Maisie. She is, this is uh, finally, and I didn't even know that this was in the back of my mind, but finally addresses this thing that's been noodling uh, in the back of my mind since we moved past the Crichton original material, that we have a human clone. Why, this is ripe for uh, for talking about, right, in, the, in this particular series if we can do it with dinosaurs we're all real stupid as humanity so we would probably do this i love that we did that i also think that one of the reasons that she uh, this is how the you know trevoro gets out of the the mant out from under the mantle of a uh, hybrid dinosaurs i think she has some dinosaur dna in her what i know what makes you think that uh because they were positioning her running scurrying through the the, the she she kept they kept changing positions to the dino cam you know when someone's being hunted they always go to the dinosaur pov and when they were in the museum they did it exactly like she was being hunted by like a compy or a, a something else right I think that's what uh, is that's, that's what the next wow. movie is going to be. I think I know it's ridiculous. So is this movie. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, no, but I think he's because didn't do you remember that one scene in the bedroom when Lockwood called her Indominus Maisie? <laughs> is that did that not really happen? I may have fallen asleep at one point. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I would love to see Adominus Maisie. That sounds fine. Adominus Maisie is going to sprout but just sort of some like scales. Gambling in Vegas. I uh, apparently we're going to Vegas. We are going to Vegas. Like taking yeah. in a show. That's it. <laughs> She's going to be just a hit for Cirque du Soleil. What did you guys think about her? Did uh, were you happy with her performance? This is uh, Isabella Sermon. I thought she was cute. She was fine. Yeah. I wish they would have given her a thing, not just being scrappy. Scrappy young people doesn't mean great, uh, doesn't mean interesting, doesn't mean someone we care about. Right. Uh, and so I, they could have given her some actual not involving the actual plot. I guess. Well, I guess her probably her save the cat was being impish enough to hide from her ter caretaker, that woman. Right. I guess that was supposed to endear us to her. And instead, she's the caretaker's like, I've seen all of this before. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally. I, yeah. I think there, we, it's a, it's a tough balancing act of how to, how to withhold crucial information that you, you want to, you know, hold off to the side. So you have this big reveal and develop a character so that when she makes that critical decision to release the dinos because of the affinity she has for them, this realization that she has that they are, they are like her. They shouldn't, shouldn't exist, but they do. Uh, there, to me, there should have been some more emotional resonance and weight to that, that moment that it just didn't earn. Or even and, beforehand, yeah. her being able to have a moment when things calm down and just realizing 
what she is. Yeah. Because she's a dinosaur. <laughs> Especially since she's dooming San Francisco to being eaten yeah. by dinosaurs. She's going to be the one eating San Francisco. You yes. see what I'm doing here? I'm ke- I'm continuing to come back I love to, it. to plant I, I this. I think you should. Dominus Maisie. I, I love it. <laughs> Well, I, the reason, yeah. you know, ultimately, I, I didn't think any of the acting performances were were particularly bad. I thought they were all fine. I, I like Chris Pratt still. Um, I thought Bryce Dallas Howard was great, too. There was nothing really that annoyed me, even though there was so much why about why the characters were there. I actually liked Justice Smith playing the the Franklin, the computer, the computer guy. I thought some of his humor was was a relief for me when I couldn't figure out why the heck anyone else was doing it. Although the lines they were given were terrible. I mean, like chair and run yeah. <laughs> and uh, chair. Why is yes. a line? Yeah. But I mean, no, I think everybody did well with what they were given to work with is, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot to ask. I mean, but yeah, there was, there, I, there was no cringeworthy moments there. You know, it, the, the relationships, because there's not a whole lot of writing around that. There's, there's not a lot expected of them. So it, to me, it's all about getting, getting to the dino scenes, getting to the chase scenes, getting to the jump scares, all that. And as long as the performances aren't so like wooden or the dialogue isn't so just obvious that it's, painful. Uh, yeah, it's, to me, that's what the parts I enjoy of this movie is it gives me a very surface level story. Although there's still things I, I, we haven't talked about why you would build a park with a radio tower that requires like the head of the entire organization to go out there and get her hand scanned to like reboot the system made no sense. Why, (laughs) why her? We had a conversation in the car of like, maybe it was any Jurassic world employee, but she's the only one they could get on the Island to do it. So it was her hand scan, but it wasn't clarified of like, we need to scan your hand to get you there. And so we got to put you there to scan the hand. And I thought, even if the park hadn't gone, you know, berserk, I just try to imagine in day-to-day operations, like, oh, the radio tower went down. Hey, you've got to go take a truck way out there to scan your hand so we can reboot the tower. <laughs> right. I'm like, no. No, you type in admin. Yes, and then exactly. Pseudo password. Yes. Yeah. One, but, two, three, you know, four, those, three, two, one. I, if, I can, if I can sit with Pete and his you know, his son and suspend my disbelief and say, okay, I'll, I'll accept that because that's the truth of the world. Yeah. I can, I can have fun with this because it gave me the thrills. It gave me those things. But again, there are too, too much that was too similar. You know, we haven't even talked about like the great white hunter again, if we've got to have some guy who's like the, the bounty hunter, who's, you know, he started off really interesting. Yeah, and then he, he did. became so cartoonishly. Who cares? Oh, right. he Just collects the same as their everyone. teeth. When he seemed like he was kind of <sighs> nice and like kind of cared about him, I was like, okay, so he, he's going to be wrong because he's wearing a hat and that kind of <laughs> shirt with too many pockets in Jurassic World movies. That means you're the bad guy. Got it? Unless you're saying things like "clever girl." Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> well, that's the problem. Is you're com- you've got you've got this. I I I won't say iconic, but you, when you've got to measure up to you know some shoes to fill, and you're going to go back to Lost World and say, "Oh, I'm going to play the same character that, that Pete Postlewaite played." It's like, no, you you can't do that because he he really he he made that character, and it's a very memorable character. Try to recreate that. No, it, do something different to, with it. And to go back to the fact that he is just a cartoonishly profit hungry when he right. runs back in yeah. to the deathbed going i want my bonus and my necklace yeah. of teeth you're like okay the movie's yeah. just got 
things to do. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but then to also just immediately go back to weaponizing. It's just so mm-hmm. yeah. we're old. It's a variation we're, we're on the theme. So, we're past and, that. And, and, and unfortunately, this franchise is not. But Pete, I, for, I think what you're saying is that this one is already signed up and ready to do a third slash sixth. Is, yeah. is it, isn't it amazing that we're having this conversation, uh, you know, one month removed from seeing Solo, where the, the performance of Solo in the theater has done so underwhelming. I don't think it's done terribly, but it's so underwhelming that they're considering canceling all the standalone films. And yet this movie it, it, that what we the, dislike so the last much. Jurassic World? That's the real problem is I think that they're just drowning the market. And I didn't even see Solo. But I think it was way too quick to come up with a new standalone movie. But isn't it interesting that it is, in fact, Colin Trevorrow, who is behind Ugh. Fallen Kingdom and Star Wars Episode Nine and Jurassic Park Three. Uh, you know, that's 2018, 2019, 2021. Yeah. Wow. When Hollywood finds their Zack Snyder's, they dig in. <laughs> <laughs> Carte Blanche. Sorry, not this time, Joss Whedon. We want more of a, a journeyman. I guess. I don't know what. Yeah. Well, it, and Pete, you mentioned that this morning your theater was full. My theater was packed, too. I saw it Thursday night for not the latest show, but like the nine o'clock show. My theater was packed. And not only was the theater that I was watching this impact, the entire theater was pretty much sold out because of Incredibles 2. Like yes. The parking oh, lot yeah. was loaded. And I guess it's summer, oh, right? Sure. So we're seeing summer movies and this is kind of a thing. But I was shocked. I thought seeing it on a Thursday night, I, I was going to have some room. But this was the theater. It, it was buzzing. Did you guys have that experience too? It's summer too. That's yeah. a big, I mean, obviously summer you brought up the movies, but also the kids are out. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, here in Arizona, in people want to stay in the air conditioning. So yeah. I saw an 11 o'clock <laughs> sure. uh, this morning and it was, uh, it was pretty well full, but it's playing on multiple screens. So there was like the 11 o'clock show and there was 1130 in another theater right after it. So there's, you know, we're long past the case of like packed seats, wall to wall, except for, uh, I guess now when you get to theaters where it's the reserved seating. So where I went, it's still one where you can walk up, buy a ticket, you get there early enough, you can find a seat. Yeah, if I tried to go on to buy, you know, at a theater with reserved seats, yeah, all I'm seeing is like the very front row and like outside edges. So people are, you know, here at least getting out, buying tickets in advance, filling up theaters uh, for this one. Because I, I think this one... Um, you know, it's it's dinos. People always show up for dinos. It's it's the branded name, uh, and people will turn out in numbers for this because it it does deliver what they want. It gives them the dinos. It gives them those things, and it, I think that's what people expect. And looking at you know the worldwide box office, it's that's it's delivering what you know people want. Well, and for franchises, it's it seems like an old friend we haven't seen in a long time because <laughs> of. Yeah. Because of all the Marvel and all of the mm-hmm. Star Wars it's stuff. Been, I mean, it seems it's been, like what three years. Yeah. 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 I so, mean, of course. Yeah. That, wow. I mean, the idea that this would make some sort of a big impact makes all the sense in the world mm-hmm. to me. Well, well, that maybe that's the difference that I'm searching for here, too, because, I mean, with all of our talk about this movie, you know, where it can entertain some, but it, it didn't entertain us. I think that potentially we're talking about franchise spacing. Right. I mean, there's going to be another movie is this is this is done well enough to do another movie. So are you guys interested to go see? the next one the 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 third jurassic world based on what's here totally that yeah we'll talk more about that what what's the new thing that's going to come to us in another one of these 
I uh, uh, I think I've already established it's Mazisaur, and I'm <laughs> very excited about that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like when I hear a guy like Trevor who has done some things that I really like uh, and some things that I haven't, but at least is able to to deliver, you know, on the visuals uh, and give me some something to eat my popcorn with, uh, I'm going to give him a chance. And so when he says this is this third one is the movie that we should show up for, that the other two were just sort of prequels to the movie he's wanted to make all along, I am curious about that. I am genuinely curious about that. Uh, well, that and, wait a second. That actually answers one of my earlier questions, too, right? Because I asked about JP2 and JP3 if we were skipping ahead to 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 sort of contract or constrict the trilogy. But what you're saying now, if you think about it, maybe Trevorrow, and this is, again, making way too many apologies for this movie for the way I feel about it, but maybe Trevorrow was most stimulated by where the movie where the movie was going to go after those movies in the original trilogy ended. Maybe that's where yeah. his creativity resides. Best, best case for the for the third movie is that we're all going to come together and say, wow, I can't believe it was as well set up as it was. Like I, that is a, a best case outcome for me that that movie actually makes good on the things I feel I like didn't, that's what we were saying after The like Last it. Jedi, too. You're not going to find me taking that bait because I've I've liked all of those. So, no, yeah, so here's um, here's the thing. I think that's an interesting point, JJ, because I think what Last Jedi did and what this one does is it yeah, it's it's taking the franchise to a point where there is a new story to tell that we have not heard before because in the prior, you know, it was Jurassic, you know, Lost World, they got out, but, you know, we corralled that and Jurassic Park 3 was going back to a different island. Here, it's, there's no doubt, they are out in the world. They are everywhere and we, you know, Genie's out of the bottle, it's not getting back in and they are, there's dinos all over the face of the earth. That's a, that's a Jurassic Park story we haven't seen. We are truly at Jurassic World. There are, far outside the park. I'm looking forward to that because that is not a Jurassic story we have seen before. So I am I am on board for that because I think he's set things up to take us down that path to get to a point where there is a potentially thrilling new story unlike any other Jurassic story we've seen before. And Blue is Caesar and and he has decided as we see at the end of this movie to move into the suburbs. And I can't wait to see <laughs> A comical romp through the suburbs of the the Velociraptor family just yeah. trying to fit in. <laughs> Maisie's like, coffee's ready. And then Blue just knocks everything over and eats someone. And you're like, oh, Blue. And then I bet a- in, the, in the new one, I bet in the sequel, they try to weaponize the dinosaurs. <laughs> and there's a little baby at the, at the table that says, not the mama. Right? Well done. Old reference. See? Very old reference. I like it. You know, here's the. In- interesting together <laughs> tidbit for those of us who uh, the, those of us who have read the books uh, uh trevor says much of the dialogue i did not remember this but much of the dial- uh, dialogue that goldblum has in the movie was directly pulled from the first jurassic park book not surprising oh. i thought that was oh, a nice okay. it makes me want to go back and and read that again hmm. 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 yeah that's great he pulled it from Crichton's book but it just didn't it didn't work well. It, it wasn't. If you're going to put that in there, then don't just shoehorn a scene in there. Then tie that into everything. But it was. It was a. It was a speech to a group of people that that made a decision that set events in place. But nothing he said tied into any of the themes or anything strongly with what I felt our main characters were dealing with. I couldn't make that 
connection. I think he was on. I think he's just on one side of it, and then the girl Maisie is supposed to put us on yeah, the other on the other side. And yeah. that's the climax of the movie when she makes yeah. the choice to change the world because of yeah. who she is. I thought that was actually quite a powerful scene. That it, it was in fact, you know, it was uh, what's her name who says that uh, Bryce uh, who says. Look, I, I I'm gonna kill all these dinosaurs that I care deeply about because I know that that I have to do that, and that she gets the rug pulled out from under her. I think is it, it was a great twist. Did you not expect it was going to happen? Yeah, I expected it, but it was good. Oh, it worked. Okay. So, well, I don't think you can call it a twist if 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 you didn't if you expected it. Uh, it's still a twist, even if you expect yeah. it. Yeah. It's a twist of it was filmed in a way to take at least some people by surprise. Yeah. After she pressed the button, I thought it would have been cool if Chris Pratt would have clicked and then like thrown her a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> like right on Maze. And then, yeah. And then I'm, puts a I'm palm really of his hand on her nose. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she sort of goes, and then everything's fine. Yeah. That was, you know, that's an interesting uh, thing to bring up because it was the th- the central theme of the last movie of this of beginning to weaponize the velociraptors was the the velociraptors working not only in partnership with man who as we know in this movie is the greatest predator and uh, working in partnership with one another right when the indominus rex gathers them up and and says this is execute order 66 and all the they all turn around and they turn on on their thing i was i was furious at that in the first movie i thought that was the stupidest thing ever (laughs) it was so stupid and everything else was stupid piled on stupid and in this movie uh they didn't lean in quite so hard to that element of it to the dinosaurs working together to form a community and i thought that actually worked for me i didn't get so caught up in the things that i thought were so stupid in the last movie so overall it it wasn't a grand improvement for me but it was an improvement it's a variation on a theme and you and and there may be people out there there's you know 400 plus million dollars worth of moviegoers out there that are saying that they liked that variation as well. If George Lucas was in charge of this franchise, we would go rent old Jurassic Park movies and Hammond would be like, and then I saw the little flea circus and I was look at all the fleas. And then Lockwood <laughs> said, good job. Like he'd just start putting in Lockwood in every scene and you'd see Lockwood like leaning against something or making a bunch of noise in the background. And you think to yourself, God, was Lockwood always leaning up against that? Was he that always phone, there? That telephone That's pole? what I was telling you. It's yeah. Westworld. Spoiler alert. Yeah, like Lockwood wasn't holding a gun. There were flashlights the whole time. Like, it's always just going back and, like... He's crossing a street in the background with flowers, and he's actually walking because then he could walk. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah, I don't have a theme because I didn't care for the movie. I can say this. uh, Flick chart, better luck next time. I will still absolutely go see the next movie, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 3, Especially because it's in Vegas, that sounds like fun to me. Oh, is I'm that be in. is that what we were looking at with Blue? Is that? Oh Vegas? yeah, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. Blue there's was, a post credits. Blue was the suburbs after the credits. There's a very yeah. short one of a bunch of pterodactyly ones landing on and looking at the Bellagio. Yeah, they land on the Paris. Yeah, they land on the Paris. They look at the at Bellagio the and they're like. And they say, Danny Ocean, we're coming for you. That's yeah, what no, they I say. ran away from this movie as soon as the director name came up on the screen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what we, how we rank it then, considering that even though some of us disliked it so greatly, 
we're still interested in seeing the next movie. Why am I saying we? You guys are still interested in seeing the next one. Anyway, check out www.flickchart.com to try out what we're going to do right here. The site provides a fun way to look at the movies that you've seen by creating a tournament style or a stack ranking system that organizes movies of your choice as they duke it out for King of the Movie Mountain. The movies we've talked about on this show can be seen ranked at flickchart.com slash TNR Film Board. We shall begin with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Or The Mummy. The first one? Yeah, The Mummy we've talked about on this show, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the actual historical figure? Since Uh, when did we do that? (laughs) I don't know why I'm bad at things. I'm actually going to say The Mummy, because that's what it feels like when a franchise you love so much spurns you. (laughs) I'll I'll be okay. I think I'm going to say The Mummy, too. (laughs) Oh! But I did not like either of these movies. I'm gonna go with Jurassic because it, there there were there were sequences that were still a lot of fun for me, and I don't have I, I don't have solid memories of the Mummy being that that rewarding. So yeah, well I you know the sequence where the Baryonyx comes out of the of the pipe in the off in the office and the lava is falling and he's lit up and I I thought that was really cool on that sequence alone. I'm going to say Jurassic chair. World Fallen Kingdom. Chair! Uh, and, and so, That's the chair <laughs> yes. sequence. Yes, chair. it's the chair sequence. Uh, and so that puts us at an impasse. Who's going to take Pete, it? You yep. and Tommy do some rock, paper, right. scissors, please. Me and Tom. Here we go. Are you ready, Tommy? Ready. One, two, three, scissors. Oh, oh I, yeah. I won right away. Right away. Okay, so that it's very the mummy. I don't feel great about that win. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like a real, I won, but I'm in Waterloo. Like, it's not going to, okay, go ahead. Jurassic Park, or for you, General Custer, The Equalizer. The Equalizer, for sure. Equalizer, yeah. Uh, Jurassic Fallen Kingdom World. Hang on, I'm Jurassic on this, too. It's, I don't have to do it. It's now JJ and Steve. Wait, no, we, both we, we both said the equalizer. Oh, so. no. Yay, we win. Okay, equalizer wins. <laughs> Count me down. All right, I'll go with you. Okay, one, two, three. Scissors. Okay. Okay. That was it. Jurassic World wins. Did the mummy win again? How about (laughs) how about Jurassic World versus Hail Caesar? Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Oh yeah, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. It is Jurassic World or Divergent. Was that the first? That's the the first first one. one. I'll take that. Divergent. I liked that one. I liked the first one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Jurassic World or Prometheus? Prometheus. Uh, Oh. Both are so annoying in franchises that I like. I, I have to go with Jurassic World because I, 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 there's story problems. I, I did too. Yeah, I didn't. I still had fun. Prometheus just made me angry. Rafe of his, is in both, right? Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall is the guy that's in charge of Mr. Mills. knowing a new um, alien creatures and if they are bad. And then he sees one attack one and then oh, he goes and up for a kiss. <laughs> That's yeah. right. The, the so worst like, alien so biologist dumb. ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, little guy who clearly has teeth. What's going <laughs> yeah, on in that worry. little head? He was an alien veterinarian. Yes, uh, <laughs> so what did we say? Are we doing Jurassic World? Yes. Is that the yeah. deal? Yes. Everybody yes. said, okay. How about Jurassic World or Godzilla 2014? Mm. Godzilla. Wait, Godzilla, the good Godzilla. The one we've yes. talked about. Yeah, the one we've talked about. I talk about all the Godzillas <laughs> yes, with all of my friends. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I, I did not see Godzilla, so it's going to be up to you guys. I've, I seem to remember having issues with the end of Godzilla and, you know, good old two by four, what's his name? 
our lead actor in that. Oh, it started who, off so who was good. Who the lead actor in that? Oh, that's, uh, what's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson Smith. Oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson Smith. <laughs> oh, but that's the <laughs> Brian Cranston. That's, oh, yeah. That's yes. the Brian that's, Cranston yes. one. That's right. the, had that really cool beginning. Okay. With the, yeah, parachuting. the first half of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll do Godzilla 2014. I am Jurassic Park, so it and is it a yes. Godzilla principled loss. Okay. Whew, you guys, out of 71 movies, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is now at 51. And I guess, and that puts it right between Godzilla and Prometheus. I cannot believe this, but Thor The Dark World is actually below Prometheus. Yeah, uh, that one was a mess. No, yeah, I really like the Thor messy, movies. You but, guys hate the Thor movies. Yeah, I, hindsight has actually done well for that movie for me. So anyhow. Yeah. And Cloud Atlas is above. Oh, crying Gross. out loud. <clears throat> Travesty. Bad taste in my mouth. If we're to go by the algorithm, Flickchart suggests this should be a one and a half star. Uh, two. I'll say two. No, like, uh, two and a half. Let's do this, Tom. Yeah, I'm going to go with two and a half. And I had a two, so that's seven. Seven. And then Pete gave it a three, so that's ten. Divided by four, that's two and a half. And I'm definitely a three and a, I'm a three and a like. Yeah, I had, I had fun. I had fun watching this movie with my uh, son, and I will watch it again with my daughter, and I will enjoy it. And uh, even though I have lots of problems with it um, that are just silly, it was still lots of cartoon dinosaurs that didn't offend me like the last one did. These were not offensive. You won the race. You won the race. (laughs) Right. I won the race. You won the race, and I lost the race this time. You did. You lost the race. So where do we go from here? Next month, we are going to take a break. We're going on hiatus. All the next what? show is going to take a break. We're going to do July like we were Swedish and do our full holiday for the full month. That's how it works in Sweden. Oh. Did you guys know that? Do we they have Huga? Can we? July. Is that a Swedish thing or is that like it is. Denmark or something? Huga? Can we all Huga? I want to Huga with like you guys. That. It's Fika. I don't even know what that fika means. Is is what they do. The Fika is the coffee break in Swedish, oh, but it's I good. Like so that. we're gonna we're gonna take a hiatus, and then when we come back in August, we decided that we are gonna watch the Happy Time Murders, <laughs> which I am uh, honestly so excited about. I am not kidding when I said I watched that trailer with puppets and Melissa McCarthy and had the most fun I've ever had in a trailer ever. I, I am eager to see if the movie can live up to your trailer experience. It maybe won't. It maybe won't. But that was a great trailer experience. And, you know, it's flat out comedy. I think I think there's a lot of laughs to be had and I'm excited to see it. And we should say that it is definitely a grown up movie. Mm, there will be yes. no debate for us oh, yeah. in our episode of the film board about whether kids should go to that movie. That's a grown up movie. So, Pete, what are- I was thinking about I was going to bring Pete's kid. To it. He seems like fun. That checks out. Is that weird? Yeah, no, he's cool. He's good for it. Don't worry. See, I've got an 18 year old, so I I lost all parental authority over what oh, she goes to see. So that's an excellent right. point. Yeah, excellent she can go point. see that and be like, "Hey, guess what I saw?" I'll be like, "Uh, let's not talk about that." It'll be like the time I took my mom to see uh, the Hot Tub Time Machine two on Mother's Day. That was really what? Oh, thank you. Outstanding. She wanted to see a comedy. There wasn't a whole lot out. It was May. I, you know, man. Okay. Wow. I, wow. I think that may be worse than me. any of my infractions. Yeah, that's... Wow. <laughs> I had taken my JJ's mom. mom to see Hot Dog Time Machine number one. <laughs> so that's where he got the idea from. Thanks, Tom. Anyhow, you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, for the main show, uh, what are you guys doing before the hiatus? What else are you doing? Uh, you know, we're just wrapping up our Oceans uh, series. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Oceans 13. We just... Uh, Oceans 13 went live last week. And Oceans 8... 
goes live this week. If you haven't seen the uh, the latest Oceans movie, uh, it drops on Thursday. So have a good time. Very cool. Like a mini film board because it's a movie that's out in theaters now. Yeah. Go check it out. Also, I said this last month, but I want to tell everyone again that we're going to try to be a little bit more agile with the way that we plan our film board content. And we need some more patrons signed up to bring the power to you people. So remember to check out our page at patreon.com slash the next reel and send your friendly film folks there to join the conversation. Elsewhere on the web, you can find out about this show and its sibling shows at the next And we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at the next reel. And we've become very active with posting content on the Insta or the gram or the IG. Is that, does anybody know what it's supposed to be called in the slang? Gram, gram. I think gram, yeah. gram. <laughs> Including uh, what you'll find there is fun movie pics and videos of our own experiences with them, especially when we're going out to film board movies like this today. So thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. Say goodnight, Steve Sarmento. Hondo, everybody. Get some rest, Pete Wright. <laughs> What's wrong with Steve Sarmento? <laughs> Wait, maybe we should go back. Yes. Hondo! <laughs> It's all that volcanic. Hondo, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that volcanic ash got in my throat. Someone, someone has a pillow all right. over Steve. All he has is his cane. <laughs> get, get, get some rest, Pete, right? Blue is alive. You raised her. Talk to you soon, Tommy Handsome. <laughs> Dinos will win again. I've heard that the sequel is going to be officially called Dino Town USA, and I am in. And I'll see you all there. Thank you all so much for listening to us tonight. We love chatting about these films together, but it gets even more fun for us when we can bring it to you. Check out our deep cuts in the feed for movies that you loved, and then join us right back here in August, because at the next trail, when the movie ends, our conversation begins. Till next. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today. (laughs) 